0: welcome to the foot model podcast. I'm your host and foot model Mimi footnip and I'm with cute webbies also um, foot model and co-host of the foot model podcast. Hello cute webbies. Hey Mimi. Hey how are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm great. I'm excited. We're gonna talk about Twitter today with a really cool foot model. Her name is Freya. She's from Europe and uh, but before we get into that I want to catch up with you and uh, ask you a little bit about Twitter and a couple other things. Um, We're doing this new segment um, with the podcast. We're just kind of exploring and trying new things. Um, And we had talked um, about Instagram last week with Miss Piggy Toes. We did a really big deep dive into Instagram and Instagram has changed recently and you've had some interesting experiences.
1: I'd love you to share with our listeners. Yes. Um, so I actually, um, since the new terms have, um, come into with, with Instagram, um, I've had a couple stories that were, um, actually removed and, um, both of the stories were um, shout-outs for other people which is something that I have been um, more cautious about recently like um, looking at like the content of the photo and if it's going to be anything that um, violates the terms of service um, you know so just going the extra mile to be cautious and still getting flagged um, so I was pretty frustrated and um, I notice on when you when you're notified about being um, flagged there's something at the bottom of the page that says um, think we've made a mistake let us know Um, so if you press the let us know it actually sends them um, like a notification and they're they're supposed to have someone look over it Um, so in two of my um, like shout outs that I did recently I I appealed them to Instagram that way and um, within a couple hours actually I was notified um, by Instagram that the stories were put back up. So that was really cool and kind of felt like a a small win. (laughs) So I've been telling everyone like if you have photos that are removed um, and you know that there's nothing wrong with the photos nothing in them that violates um, the terms of service then definitely I recommend um, appealing and uh, trying to get those photos put back up because uh, we just really don't know if if, like that's held against you as a strike on your account so definitely always appeal if especially if you know that um, there's nothing wrong with the photo. Do you know what the, when you,
0: when you talk about the terms of service, do you know what exactly they're looking for that's
1: not um, permissible? Um, So from what I understand, I I think it's basically um, like any kind of um, like actual nudity. Um, They're going after a lot of implied nudity as well. Um, But um, basically, yeah, be careful about showing your bare butt. Um, I think that thong photos are still okay, but I would be very, very careful. Um, you know, (laughs) I think anything can set it off and you just really don't know if you're going to get like how the review will turn out. Um, especially if you are more, um, on that borderline, but yeah, be careful about, um, you know, showing any bare bum, any nipples, um, any kind of genitals, obviously. Um, just, yeah. (laughs) those are the main things, but yeah, I would have a lot of photos that would be, um, auto flagged and there was nothing wrong with them at all. So it's just shows how, um, crazy that the, the new terms of service are really, um, with the auto flagging. So just wanted to put that out there because I know a lot of other people are getting flagged, um, for no reason. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And when you say implied nudity, what, what is that? I'm- implied nudity like oh I'm naked under my clothes I mean (laughs) I don't know what does that mean
1: like I would um that's kind of how they worded it in the in the terms of service and um like because I tried to read through as much as I could but it's a little bit like dense for me um but that's how they word it and and how I would um interpret that is like there's plenty of times like you could take a picture in like your bathing suit and from a certain angle it could look like um one way where it could look like you're not wearing clothes depending on the placement of your body um, so I think they are going after stuff like that and in the process a lot of photos with like any kind of skin showing are, are getting removed you know
0: okay okay or maybe like um, like if you're wearing a bikini that's the same color as your skin tone or something and it has like the illusion of nudity or maybe definitely I don't know
1: Okay. I had that happen recently with a shout out and, um, the girl had on, uh, like skin color pants <laughs> and it got flagged. <laughs> like, wow.
0: Okay. Yeah. Like, oh, not wearing pants. That's
1: yeah. So
0: I wonder if it's like a, like AI that's, you know, analyzing photos. I mean, it must be right. It, must be Definitely. Like
1: AI or it happens and- so fast that they get, um, auto flag that it's, it's, they're running it through some kind of system for sure.
0: Okay. Well, so appeal them and you're doing that successfully, but also at the same time, be careful what you do post on Instagram these days. Um, some really great foot models have been deleted. Um, Disa Toes, who was on the podcast several episodes back, she her account was deleted and I felt like her account was very tame. I didn't, yeah. she, does, she doesn't do any nudity. I mean, she's you know all souls um mm-hmm. feet off. um and she was deleted so you can find her now on Instagram at dsatose2 the number 2 dsatose2 um she's still around but she's you know it's just such a bummer she had a huge following on Instagram like in the tens of thousands of followers i'm sure that they're going to find their way back to her though she's amazing
1: Yeah, I hope so. It's so hard to know because, like, you see accounts like hers, you know, um, getting deleted and there, you know, there's really, like, like you said, nothing, um, that I would consider questionable. And then there's other, you know, there's stuff that I see, like, still today on there that is, is definitely questionable. And, um, you know, it just, it's just there and it stays up for, for days. So, um, it's, it's really strange, and I think they're still kind of, like, working through their their new system, but it's, um, it seems to affect certain people more than others, which is really yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. And we
0: also have to remember that it's not always about the images you post. Sometimes it's about the words and emojis. Yes. Um, so you have to, you know, be, just be, you know, cognizant of the... The kinds of words, there's keywords that they will flag or certain emojis that they will flag as naughty, Mm -hmm. naughty emojis. So be careful out there, everyone. Everyone's kind of migrating over to Twitter. We're going to do a Twitter episode today um, to learn about how to, you know, kind of get some traction on Twitter as a new foot model, or maybe you're not a new foot model, but you're just new to Twitter to learn how to best use the platform for your foot modeling business um what's your experience
1: with twitter been like oh my gosh well um i it's funny i never really um Use Twitter or went on Twitter until um, recently when I uh, started my account. I believe uh, back in May was when I started, and um, I still kind of uh, think it's kind of confusing at times, and um, there's a lot of stuff about it that I don't understand. But um, in general, I think that um, I think that it's it's been really good, and it's one of those things where. Um, you know, I just kind of post my photos every now and then and occasionally I retweet people and, um, it seems like every time I log in, there's, there's new, new folks that have followed me and found my account, you know, or left nice comments and stuff. So, um, I think it's, it's pretty cool that way. Like, it seems like, um, it's a little, it's, it's, it can be pretty easy to grow, but I definitely think there's like people that really know how to use it. You you can grow that much faster, which uh, that's what I would like to learn more about for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we
0: will. Um, Freya is a really, um, experienced foot model, but also, um, she's, she's a really, she's somebody who I admire because she takes the initiative. She helps people. Um, she's formed a group on Twitter for new models, or just people who are new to Twitter, but but a lot of new models who um, there's just so much to learn in the beginning, you know, like, and scams to avoid. And, um, you know, someone's asking for a, a Skype session, or this or that, or how do I price something, like all those questions, what do I do? How do I, you know, they're asked, they want to send me a gift card, or they're <laughs> like, yeah. all these and and people just have, I mean, I had, I still have questions. I still, you know, like the other day you um, messaged me and said something about the word simp. And I was like, what's a simp? And I had to go Google <laughs> that. I had to go Google yes. that. I was like, I don't even know, but I keep seeing this word popping up everywhere. And I, and so, you know, there's, it's, she's created a space on Twitter um, for people to learn and grow. And she's just. She's just doing it, and so when I um I love her initiative and just her helpful nature. She's experienced too, and she's wise. So I can't wait to talk to her and get all the nuggets her nuggets of wisdom about
1: awesome. Twitter. Yes.
0: Yeah, I, I feel very um kind of lost over on Twitter too. I just tweet out into the void and hope <laughs> that you know somebody <laughs> will see it. <laughs> yeah, that's how it feels sometimes. Yeah. And- it definitely does to me. I'm like, hello, hello, hello. The echo, <laughs> the void. Um, so, for anyone that's listening that doesn't know what the word "simp"
1: means, do you want to tell people? <laughs> um, sure. So, it definitely like um, has different meanings, and it's it's a word that like um, I, that I personally wouldn't like use um but it's it's some people use it as a derogatory term to describe you know a man who um is kind of uh, like chasing after a woman that's out of his league and, and doing all this you know crazy stuff to impress her whether that's um showering her with compliments or sending her money or buying um you know content whatever it might be <laughs> So that's kind of what the word has sort of come to come to mean uh, in recent times, it seems.
0: <laughs> do you think it's a word used more in like findom, findom type stuff, like financial domination, it like kind of like um, pay pig or one of those kinds of words, or do you think it like with humiliation? Is it intended to be humiliating?
1: I think it, it's definitely a word I see more um, kind of on that side of uh, like on the on that in that spectrum for sure. Um, but I think it's also something that has just originated from Internet culture in general. Um, it's like something you see people talk about on YouTube or um, people use it especially like to refer to these people, um, to people who stream like, on Twitch, and these, you know, attractive people are streaming, and they have all these people in the comments, uh, you know, (laughs) Okay.
0: um, yeah,
1: Yeah, so a lot of it is, like, internet culture, um, as well, but I think, I think, um, like, the fandom side has, like, um, kind of, like, owned the word as well.
0: Got it, okay, thank you for educating me, I am just too old for some of this shit, so (laughs) I... (laughs) I just don't know like we sometime we can talk about twitch I don't even know what that is so um (laughs) (laughs) all right so I want to uh before we introduce before I introduce Freya and bring her on the podcast I want to read some um mean comments this is kind of I think my idea of a funny part of the segment (laughs) um I don't know how funny it really is but to me it's funny (laughs) Uh, so I'll just laugh by myself if if that's if that happens that's fine um but before I do these are some YouTube comments you have a YouTube channel oh my gosh
1: Uh, I do (laughs) brand shiny spanking new YouTube channel yes I just started it um And I have one video on there and um, yeah, it's, I will kind of just see how it evolves, but I'm just going to use it to put kind of like interesting clips, um, maybe like teasers of full length videos and and things like that.
0: Nice. Nice. Well, I'm subscribed and I have the notifications turned on. So I'm eagerly waiting and I will leave comments if you ever turn your comments on I, I don't think your comments are turned on
1: oh yay oh my gosh no <laughs> I'm not as brave as you because I know how um, how YouTube can be so <laughs> but I think that um, I will in the future I, I'm thinking about it okay well if you get up
0: the gumption I'll <laughs> leave you some nice comments um, oh, thank you uh, congratulations um oh oh and shout out to gorgeous feet picks Matt on instagram at gorgeous
1: yes. feet picks he created a beautiful banner for you oh my gosh he did an amazing banner um yeah I'm so grateful to him he's just um, he's just so helpful to I think he's been super helpful to both of us and um, I think he's just such an asset to the whole community really um, yeah he made my banner look so good so thank you Matt yeah
0: yeah he's really he's helped me with uh, a number of behind the scenes technical problems I've had. So uh, with the podcast and with um, some of my editing software for video editing and just he's just so great, such a great human being. Um, So much love. If you are interested in seeing some really gorgeous V-pics, check out (laughs) gorgeous V-pics on Instagram. Um, All right, so here's my my comments. Um, This comes from a YouTube video um, the video is called cranking and revving 1984 Porsche 944 in flip-flops and barefoot pedal pumping because I want all the keywords in my title. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's no. this is a comment from Joey Van Louie. I, I, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, And mm-hmm. it says, Boring. Oh. <laughs> oh my goodness. With like a dozen O's and boring. Wow. boring. Oh.
1: Boring. was so nice of him to take the time to leave that comment. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Thank you. It's just so
0: funny. Um, <laughs> I feel like it should have like a sound effect with it, like wah, wah. Or something you know like boring Um, (laughs) (laughs) the next one is um it's called foot crush high heels versus onions and um this person's name on youtube is x and then a space and then xx and it is just three thumbs down emojis Oh. Thumbs down, thumbs down, thumbs down. So, you know, because it's not enough to just click the thumbs down button on the video. You have to actually comment. No.
1: Thumbs down. Yeah. Three thumbs down. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Gosh, these people are so salty. It's just amazing. Like, I've <laughs> hardly ever left a comment on YouTube. But so many people, like, take time out of their day to leave mean ones, you know? Yeah. And then...
0: Um, there's actually another one. I just uploaded another video, um, last night and this is from Joao Costa, Costa, and I think it's a Brazilian name, um, but I'm not hundred percent on that and I don't know how to speak Portuguese. So, um, and it is also the three thumbs down emoji. So oh. that- must be trending trending on youtube (laughs) three thumbs down three thumbs down emojis
1: Um, maybe they're in like a in a collective or some kind of organization together
0: (laughs) well if you um search back through my youtube comments which uh you know A rainy day, maybe. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I mean, everyone's got better things to do, but this particular person has requested over and over in the comment section of my videos to do, um, for me to do a video in Adidas slides, which I do not own. Um, So I think that maybe the three thumbs down, I'm guessing is because I didn't, um, I didn't, I was wearing flip-flops in this
1: video instead of adidas slides so oh my gosh to soon he's gonna i don't know if you've ever seen this on youtube but people will like try to ask youtubers to do stuff and it'll be like day 72 of me asking mimi footnip to wear adidas slides <laughs> <laughs> like on every video that's hilarious oh my gosh <laughs> yeah
0: um yeah so so he's like asked and asked and asked and i've I've told him like hey, I'll I'll put them on my Amazon wish list. If you want to buy them for me, I'll make a video. But um I don't own I don't own a pair of Adidas slides. So no can do at this point. Um mm-hmm. I'm not gonna buy them. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's not my not my thing. So and I have one more. Um this is a private, like a message on tumblr so I'm not going to say the person's name because it was sent privately um and it's a series of messages over a series of over a few days and it says hi hey mimi foot (laughs) (laughs) mimi (laughs) I have a deal oh can you send me a pic of you twerking your ass and feet? <laughs> oh my god. And and no uh, no punctuation, no capital capital letters, and the U's and your are just spelt with the letter U and you are for your. Yeah. Ass. Um, I don't know Lovely. why I, I must like mention grammar stuff like that um, or wh- whatever. I just do. Um, and then it says. Please spelled PLS plus. Plus.
1: plus
0: plus. Or I will call the cops.
1: <gasps> no. <laughs> oh
0: my gosh. What the heck? Or I will call the cops. So I've got a deal. I have a deal. <laughs> That's the deal. A pick of you twerking your ass and feet, please. Or I will call the cops
1: whoa so the deal and, is you not getting arrested
0: <laughs> I, so i i never replied and, <laughs> and then it goes on it goes on and says no why like no and then the letter y i'm not sure if that means like no yes or just no why <laughs> like why uh, no and then the letter y and then it goes on hey hey oh no good night hey oh. hi and that's it. So I, it, it looks like I have the option of marking it as spam or replying. And um, I don't know, maybe I'll just see what happens next.
1: <laughs> yeah, that could go on forever, to be honest. Like, yeah, who knows yeah. how long. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, it could. I'll, I'll update on a future, um, future yeah. episode. <laughs> this
1: one-sided update. conversation.
0: If, if the cops come out to my house while I'm cranking Wagner <laughs> in the driveway. <laughs> We'll know why, oh my gosh. We'll know why I was arrested. <laughs> yeah, and this is a totally like random side note. Oh I should probably save this for our private conversations, but I'm blurting it out. I think that maybe there's somebody else in my neighborhood creating pedal pumping videos because I can hear people just like running and revving their cars for like a really long. <gasps> unnecessarily long time oh and like oh maybe i've got some pedal pumping neighbors like i need to meet these people <laughs> so um even inspired you...
1: people <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you're my neighbor like come say hi <laughs> yeah oh my gosh <laughs> all right so let's introduce freya she we're going to talk about twitter I, i'm super excited this is um uh, this is just so helpful to me personally i'm super stoked. So let's wrap it up and bring her on. Thank you so much, cute webbies. And I will see you. I will talk to you next week. Awesome. Thank you, Mimi. All right. Hello. Hello, Freya. Hello. Welcome to the Foot Model Podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Uh, am I saying your name correctly? Freya? Yes,
2: Freya. That's correct.
0: Okay, perfect. Great. And um, i And you are a foot model who is going to tell us all about Twitter. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got started in foot modeling? Yes.
2: Uh, My name is Freya, as we already said. I'm 27 years old. And I started uh, as a foot model for the first time about three years ago or so. When a friend who is very active in the kink scene made me aware that my feet are pretty nice and I should give it a try. Uh, I stopped back then after a few months for various reasons and came back in March 2020. Like many people, I was in lockdown and decided to give it another try.
0: Great, okay, I'm so glad you did. Um, I I have so many questions I want to ask you about how you got started (laughs) and, and how Twitter fits into that picture for you. Um, But before we get any further along, I want to ask you, where can people find your work online? I'm very active on Twitter. Um, You can find me at
2: Freya18. Freya would be written F-R-E-J-Y-A-18, so the number 18. Okay, great. I I also have an OnlyFans. All of my platforms are, are under the name Freya.
0: Okay, OnlyFans and what's the other? Ha- OnlyFans, ManyVids, yes. OnlyFans okay. and ManyVids. Twitter, OnlyFans, ManyVids, and I'll add your links in the show notes for our listeners Perfect. to find you. Yeah, great. So I'm really interested. You got started. A friend said, hey, you have, you've got great feet. Have you ever thought about foot modeling? You said, I'll give it a go. Yeah. And then... How did you start? I mean, when you said I started, what does that even mean? Did you, did you upload something to Twitter? Did you create an account? How did you how did you start? Well, back then I
2: it wasn't just foot modeling. I also did findom back then. So the whole approach is pretty it's quite different, but it was like foot focused findom. And yeah, as I said, it was 3 years ago and it was a much quieter scene. There weren't as many people doing it. So I just made an account on Twitter, I started posting, I started connecting with other girls, I got into groups back then, and kind of built something up, which of course gave me an advantage
0: when I restarted last year. I'm really curious, I want to ask you more about Findom, so I'm going to put kind of put that in the parking lot and we'll come back to it, because that's a big thing on Twitter and um, it, it and I just have a lot of questions, so we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. So, <laughs> let's, let's talk about Twitter. So you got you started Twitter, and what was your initial experience there? Pretty good. It's a very, very saturated market. It's it was
2: it's way more saturated this time around than last time, that's for sure. It's also more fun somehow. I feel like I've connected to more women who do the same thing. And it feels like a very welcoming community to me and I've really enjoyed it so far.
0: Yeah, definitely. I feel like I feel the same way, especially with this year in lockdown. Um, You're in Europe, is that correct? That's correct. Okay, you're in Europe, I'm in the US. We've both kind of probably been in similar situations with the coronavirus pandemic. And it's been really fun to have a community of foot model friends to chat with, to gripe with, (laughs) to just be part of like a little, like you're stuck at home, but it still feels like there's a social, a social circle that you're a part of. At least for me, it's been really great.
2: Yeah, totally. I agree with that.
0: Yeah. So how do you get connected in a social circle as a foot model I mean you start an account and you it's it's not like you have instant friends if for someone who's listening who's maybe thinking about starting a foot, you know foot in foot modeling how do you find friends and how do you find customers and how does it work it's really about being very patient and
2: persistent it really about finding customers, it's really that. You have to be patient and persistent. Finding friends and finding a community is, is about getting into engagement groups, getting to retweet groups. You get into these groups, you start engaging with people's posts, you start chatting with each other, and then many things kind of come naturally. You may jump from different groups, and really in the end, you often find just one very very friendly group where you just stay and everything kind of works and it just in one way you have this community of friends but then you also have people who really boost your content who engage with you who make sure that people see what you're posting because if you don't have anyone engaging
0: with your tweets you're just yelling into a void. That's exactly what it felt like to me when I started Twitter. And even now, like sometimes the void yells back, but I I feel like (laughs) kind of yelling out into the void. I've never really used Twitter until I began my foot modeling and I thought, well, I need to have a Twitter account, right? So I created one and then it was like tweeting into the void. Exactly. (laughs) Like exactly that. Um, It it can really feel like that in the beginning. It's kind of discouraging,
2: but it's so important to just get into groups and start engaging with people, start following people. Many people will follow back and start engaging with your posts. But just there's so much patience needed for this, especially in the beginning. And it's just,
0: you know, stick to it and you can make it. What kinds of things should a new foot model be tweeting? I mean, you don't really have any followers when you start. What should you be doing to get attention or to get followers just to, you know, if you're starting from zero? Well, firstly, take a bunch of pictures of your feet. Just,
2: I like, I like Snapchat. I like the Snapchat filters. They're cute. Sit down. Take a bunch of pictures of your soles, of your toes, arches, tops, anything. Try, try it all slap your little watermark on it, which is usually your Twitter name, and then start posting. And it's really important that you use tags when you post. Now, the trick here is to not actually use the hashtag symbol or not use it too much because you might get shadow banned if you do. So if you tweet something about your souls, for example, you write something like, don't my soft soles look so amazing in the morning light. And then someone searching soles on Twitter is gonna stumble upon your post. And that's really it, you just have to keep posting. Posting pictures, see what people like about your feet. I I posted a lot of pictures of the top of my feet in the beginning, but people really like the soles at my toes, so that's what I've stuck
1: to.
0: Right. So you kind of take their feedback and then go m- move more in the direction that of the feedback that your fans or followers give you. Exactly. You see when you're when you're starting out. And... Sorry, I think there might be a little a slight lag or something with the with our connection. Can you hear me OK? Yes, I can hear you. it's a bit laggy, but it's fine. Yeah. OK, OK. OK. Um, so with the, I want to talk about the tags, because you mentioned if you hashtag too much, you could get shadow banned, which means what your posts don't show up or people can't find you. Yeah, so Twitter insists that they don't
2: shadow ban people, but we all know that's not true. They restrict you by, for example, people can't find you when they look for you, or you can't chat with people like your chatting is restricted. Your tags don't work anymore, you're not allowed to follow people suddenly, there's many different layers to it. So it's really important that you're careful with using actual hashtags. You can mix it up, you can change it up. But I really didn't use them right from the beginning, and now I don't really even use any tags anymore other than just the sentence I put in.
0: So you write a caption and then every word in that caption is a searchable word. So if you say, uh, my here's my soft souls in the morning or something, if someone searches morning, your like any word in that caption could cause you to pop up in a search result. Yes. Really? Okay. That's good to know. So crafting your caption is really important in that case. It is very, it's one of the most important because of course people
2: look at the picture, but you're also, you can't communicate with your followers or with anyone stumbling upon you through the picture. You have to do that through
0: the caption. So you have to pull them in like that too. I'm so terrible at creating captions. It's probably like, ugh. That's my, my, you know if I were sitting at a foot model job interview and they say, what are your strengths and weaknesses? I'd say, oh, my weakness is writing clever captions. Do you have any advice for me or for anyone else who suffers from poor captioning? Whenever I get inspired, like I, something good pops into my head, I just
2: write it out and then I can save it as a draft. And then when I need a tweet, I just go through my draft, see what I have at a picture if there's no
0: picture and I can post it. That's a good idea. So kind of collecting captions before you actually need them. Yeah. That's, that's great. I, you know, go to post a photo or a little like video clip and then I think, oh, what do I want to say about this? I don't, I don't know. (laughs) Oh, so I'm going to have to start doing that kind of writing up captions beforehand and collecting them as I go. Do you ever see someone else post a really great caption and think, Ooh, I'm going to borrow that, modify it in a little bit and make it my own.
2: Oh, for sure. I mean, when you do online sex work, everyone kind of gets inspired off each other, be that poses or captions or whatever certain kinds of videos, you kind of get inspired. And it's great because you you see a caption or certain words working for someone else and you're like, ah,
0: that pulls people in, let's try. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's a good newbie tip. Like see what the, the, the foot models who have large followings or have a lot of engagement and interaction on their posts, like notice what they're doing and then create your own version of that. Exactly, just
2: see what people are doing who get a lot of engagement, a lot of attention and learn from it. I mean, you have all these amazing people on Twitter and you just have to look through their profile and see how they post, how often you post, what they post. And then you can modify it to the content you wanna make and you wanna post and there
0: you have it. Sounds so easy. (laughs) <laughs> it does. <laughs> when, when you're starting out, how often should a new foot model starting out on Twitter post?
2: I would say at least once a day. I I do my best to post at least once a day. I think by now I post one to two picture posts a day and then multiple other random tweets in between. Um, just to show that I'm active, people can engage with me. They can chat if they want, you know, funny
0: things, not just all business, business all the time. Okay, so it's kind of like um, your recommendation would be to like tweet things outside of foot modeling that represent your foot model personas' interests. For example, I sometimes retweet things about cars that I like because I do a lot of pedal pumping and so it's not really about foot stuff it's more about cars but sometimes I share those things too because it's an interest of mine is that what you mean yes exactly okay I'm on the right track (laughs) yes you're doing
2: great it just it shows people that you're a real human like you're not a robot turning out foot content. You're an actual human being. You're approachable. You have interests you might share with someone. I mean if you post about cars or puppies or milkshakes, someone has, you know, it's like, oh, I like milkshakes. And then they might message you faster.
0: Okay, got it. So is it it's kind of a way to build your your foot model persona, which may be in some cases different than your real life persona, or it may just be like some piece of your real life persona that you're amplifying and sharing through your foot model work. So, I mean, you know, usually it's a, I think it's a really good idea. Usually people will use like a different name, like a, you know, like a a work name. Um, So you might also have some other work uh, work persona interests and things. Exactly. I think it's, I,
2: I personally think it's a good idea to use a different name and kind of build this, this sex work persona as a way of protecting yourself, protecting your identity, but also to kind of make the transition from working and then not working easier. So you slip into your sex work persona and then you are working, but then you can also retreat from that and be your actual self again. To kind of put something in between because if you do online work like this, it's very easy to just be at it nonstop all day, every day. And then it just sucks you dry. There's nothing left afterwards.
0: Oh yeah, we got to talk about work life balance. Um, yeah. But before we do, I want to ask you more about kind of crafting your sex worker persona. And you know, do you have any advice about, for example, choosing a name, choosing a Twitter handle, um, like what to put in your bio? You know, how how do how do you go about creating uh, a foot model persona or sex worker persona? I think it's important to be
2: honest and to be yourself in some way, but then amplify certain things about yourself. You know, maybe be a bit more flirty than you would usually be, change your interests slightly, maybe, you know, maybe you don't actually like milkshakes, but you know, you're gonna talk about something. And choosing the name is something That is pretty difficult because you choose the name and then you should stick with that name because that's like, that's going to be your name. People are going to remember you by that. So I personally recommend something easy to remember. My name, for example, is not ideal. It's difficult to write. People don't know how to pronounce it. (laughs) So my name is a bad example of what to do. But something short or even long, but something easy to remember that People will know how to to write is something that I would recommend. A fruit okay. is always nice, you know, peach or strawberry
0: princess, something like that. You know, cute, flirty, but easy to remember. I wanted I want to ask you about everybody. It seems like everybody on Twitter is a goddess, goddess so and so, right? Yeah. Like goddess strawberry milkshake or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, do you think that? Is your Would your advice to be kind of like copy, g- like go along with that? Or would you say differentiate yourself, don't call yourself goddess, go in a completely different direction? What do you think about kind of like following the crowd versus doing your own thing? I think you really have to just
2: do what you're comfortable with at the end of the day. I think it's really what you want to do and what you can stick with. Even if you, you know, if you build a completely fake persona, you have to be able to stick with that. Because every lie you tell and everything, you have to, like, be able to remember that. So just do what you're comfortable with. And that also goes with your name. Now, I don't really have anything against people calling themselves goddess. But for me, the the term goddess or mistress, they're all tied to... Dominant women, fin dom, dominatrix, and these things. So if you're not going into that direction, I would not recommend going with something like that because people will be confused. If, if they come into your DMs being like, I want to be your sub, I want to be your slave, and you're like, why? And your name is goddess? That's why. It's confusing.
0: Right, right. Like goddess, mistress. Uh, what are some of the other ones? Oh, um, lady
2: or Lady daddy sometimes okay even for women yeah okay it's, there's certain expectations tied to these words so you have to be careful when you use them
0: right because it's you're you're kind of advertising a certain kind of kink and if you don't actually provide it, it people will feel like it's false advertising yeah and it's
2: also frustrating for you because you'll have people wanting something from you that you're not actually offering
0: Right, and then you have right. to
2: explain yourself constantly.
0: Yeah, it reminds me of um, Cutie Baby, who I also connected with on Twitter in an engagement group that she runs, and she is more of like girlfriend experience foot model and like yeah. cute and sweet and um, du- you know more of a like submissive type of personality. And so her name is Cutie Baby, and um, it, it you know it's pretty clear by that name that she's not trying to be a dom, I think. Yeah, um, I would say so. It's a good example of, of how, you know, to pick a name that fits your, what you're doing. But a lot of times I feel like, I mean, for myself, when I first started, I really didn't know what direction I was going in. I mean, I actually didn't get into foot modeling on purpose. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, my name is kind of a result of just kind of ugh, chance. Um, mm. And I guess maybe that happens. And if you figure it out early on, I guess you can correct it or change it um, to make it more suitable. I do think a lot of a lot of foot models try Fendom and realize, oh, this isn't for me. And then they've got a name that doesn't quite match with the direction they evolve into.
2: Yeah, I think especially when talking about findom, it's very important to decide early on if you want to go in that direction or not. Because once you've gone either way, you can't really go back because it's two completely different crowds. The findom crowd and just the general foot fetish crowd, even if they are also submissive, are completely different. And once you go into one of those directions, it's very hard to redirect in the other one.
0: Let's talk about it. So how are they different? Can you describe, can you describe them, the group? Well,
2: FinDom is very much about, it's, it's, the kink is financial domination. It's people who are aroused by sending money. It's really just that it's about sending money, giving money to people, often beautiful women, for example. Um, And that's completely different. They are, of course, also submissive, but it's a different kind of being submissive. You have the other parts of people who have a foot fetish. And even there, not everyone is submissive. That's very important to remember. Not every person who has a foot fetish is submissive. And the people that are submissive, they might not enjoy sending money for no reason, they might not enjoy hard humiliation. So it's really important to kind of be very clear in what you're offering and what they can expect from you. Because if you just, if you go into findom and or you wanna go into Findom and start telling people who just want foot pics from you that they should send you money, send now, send now. And it's like the
0: person is not even into Findom, It's like very annoying. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like um, I feel like there's a lot of models who have learned about fandom and have thought, oh, here's a here's a great way I can just go online and demand money from men, and they'll send me money, and what an easy job. But I feel like. Th- there's a lot of people in the community maybe that are missing the point or, or are just a little misinformed or misguided. Do you, do you feel that way or, or am I kind of, I don't know, am I on my own here? No, I completely agree. I think there's a lot
2: of people who see information about fandom somewhere. I think recently, a few months ago, people on TikTok were all over it. And just go into it thinking, oh, just make money off old men, but it's much more than that. Fandom is an actual fetish. It's a, it's not. It's like it's a fully it's a fully formed fetish, and fandom submissives are often very attached to you, and it's it's full time relationship that you have with these submissives. It's hard work. It's really hard work. I. Back three years ago, I, I mainly stopped because I didn't have time for my subs anymore. I had three long-term subs that needed a lot of time and effort from me because it is a lot of effort from the, from the side of the Dom. And I just couldn't keep up with it anymore. And I think people realize, you know, they, they start Findom and then it's like, damn, these people want so much of me just to like send me money. It's like, yeah, they do. They're submissive people. They need your guidance as a dominant person. Right, I
0: feel like that part is the part that is overlooked by so many, and I, so many, so many, so-called findoms, and I feel like, ah, uh, that, and that's why I don't, I don't really respond to or take on uh, requests for slaves, online slaves, because it is a huge commitment of time and energy. You have to be creative. You have to be communicating with them a lot. You have it's it's a relationship essentially um, yeah it
2: is it is for sure and I think people don't I mean if you're not a naturally dominant person you're not going to be able to do it it's just it's not it's not just being mean and calling someone a bitch all day that's not how it works at all I'm a naturally dominant person and I have I, I'm, a, I'm a nurturing dom if I am you know I care for them, I like tell them what to eat, and to do this, and to do that, and to, you know, it's 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 a different kind of relationship you have with these people. And not everyone wants to be called the bitch, and the slave, and whatever. It's just completely misunderstood, and it's very dangerous for the subs. It can end very, very bad
0: for them. I agree. You know, there's a, a, a thing called consent, right? And I think that some people forget that Uh, just because someone uh, reaches out to you with a question doesn't mean they want to be called a bitch. You know, there's a, there's a point where two people agree to what kind, what the terms of the relationship will be. But until that point, I feel like you shouldn't be calling people um, things like bitch or whatever um, (laughs) until that's been agreed upon, like what the boundaries are you know and can someone's and everyone's consented to okay this is how we want to interact. Um but some people don't ever want to break from that like Dom persona or that, you know, so anyone in their DMs is gonna be called a bitch. Yeah, but that's just it's not
2: sustainable to do it that way at all. I now I don't do fin I'm not particularly interested in doing it because it's just not worth it right now. Uh, but I do have submissives that approach me. And I'm very, very careful because I usually have a very long in-depth conversation with submissives about their kinks and their safe words and their limits, soft limits, hard limits, all of these things. And whenever I did take on a sub, I would, we would agree on a name, I would call them. And I personally never liked calling them slave, mainly because I had um, mainly black males approach me and I don't feel comfortable as a white woman calling a black man a slave. I just, no, thank you. Not into race play. And I don't even like bitch very much, to be honest with you. I prefer pet or boy, something like that. Something... A bit softer, unless it's in a session, of course. But you have to mutually agree on a name and, and the conditions of the relationship you have with that submissive, because every submissive is different. They have different needs and different kinks. And it's not you, as the Dom, who leads sessions, because it's, it's not about you, it's about them. You do what they want to do and not what you want to do. And that's what people misunderstand completely about
0: Dom sub relationships. Right, right. I mean, ultimately, uh, yes. I I'm really glad we're talking about this. I didn't know that uh, we were going to get get deep into um, the dynamic, but I think you're really bringing up some some really important things that because this is so prevalent on Twitter, um, the the DOM thing and especially FinDom that people don't realize the psychology in the the relationship that everyone has triggers it's not okay you know and and it's a it's a relationship that's built and based on trust and consent and like a mutual understanding lots of communication there's a thing called aftercare you know that I don't hear anyone on Twitter talking about aftercare
2: ever um, ever right yeah it's pretty (laughs) terrible
0: Yeah, I, um, and so I really, I'm like you, I don't really participate in the fandom community online. I don't, um, that's not really part of what I do with my foot modeling, but, um, but it's all around me, you know, I see it everywhere. It's hard to, it's hard to not notice it on Twitter if you're a foot model. Um, and I feel like even foot models who maybe Really aren't qualified to be to call themselves findoms are just kind of everyone's throwing their hat in the ring like oh maybe I can get some money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I agree. So can you talk about like other niches or other kind of ways? Maybe if someone's listening and they're thinking like yeah I want to make money but I'm not super dominant or I don't really want to uh, ha- have the the commitment of that kind of relationship with somebody. What are some other ways or types of content that would be popular and attractive to subs or to not like necessarily submissives, but subscribers or yeah. followers?
2: Well, foot fetish is really brilliant because there's so much to it. I mean, just look at the content you create and the content I create, there's no overlap at all. And we both, we are both foot models. <laughs> And I think that's brilliant. You can do so much. You can do pedal pumping, you can do food squishing, you can do massaging, you can do self-worship. I personally can't do first self-worship because I can't reach my feet to my mouth, but I would if I could. That's a huge thing, people love that. Anything to do with shoes, flip-flops, high heels, socks, nylons, Nude nails, colored nails. There's so much to it. Soles, toes, arches, no arches, flat feet, small toes, big toes. I mean, it's a huge, huge, huge field. And all you have to do really is yeah. just kind of just figure out first of all, figure out what you enjoy making. Like what what's fun for you? Just try different things. Have fun with it. Even if it maybe doesn't really reach anyone quite yet. Just do some stuff, take pictures, make videos, see what you enjoy doing. But then really it's about what people want from you. Because the way you look at your feet is not the way that they look at your feet. Because I, for example, personally, I don't have a foot fetish, so I can never look at my feet that way. So I really rely on my fans, on my subscribers, and my followers to lead me into the direction that they want so I can give them more of what they want to see.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting how we see ourselves versus how others perceive, you know, our uh, us and and by ourselves I mean our feet. Um, it's like you were saying you you took a lot of pictures of the tops of your feet and then it turns out everyone wanted to see your soles and toes and so that yeah. really, like went in that direction and I think that it's um it's really that's really solid advice to listen to the feedback. That you're getting from your your viewing audience, especially paying customers, I would say yes. their their preferences are should be considered m- with more weight than just you know someone that comes by to comment because you know there's lots of trolls too on the internet and um, oh yeah <laughs> I, I I don't know about you I get so much negativity and so much criticism on my work um, I had somebody on youtube recently post under a video boring like <laughs> I'm like and i'm like okay thanks i guess for commenting uh, i don't know like thanks for wasting both of our times thanks, thanks for the engagement i i mean <laughs> better than nothing I guess. Uh, it's funny. I had another person post like three emoji angry faces as a comment under a video I did once. <laughs> what um, does that even mean? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm like, thanks for the engagement, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, don't listen to every, I guess the, the moral of the story is don't take every, take it with a grain of salt. Don't, you know, let your, your, your fans kind of, um, Give you that feedback to help you shape the direction of your work but ultimately you you know just go with what you want and um (laughs) and ignore the haters
2: yeah i think it's important to i mean after just a few weeks sometimes months you will have regulars people who come back to buy who like to chat with you and these people are really are very important because they can really help you with feedback i have a few of them on my twitter and on my only fans who i know i can turn to if i need some feedback if i need a review or if i just want to ask like hey what's what do you think i could do like what what kind of content have i not done yet that you would just love to see and i know they're going to be honest and i know i can rely on them just being open and honest and kind of leading me into a direction. And I think that's really important. And people forget to to ask their fans, their subscribers, what they wanna see. And I think that's just it's a huge missed opportunity. These are the people who are already paying you. They can help you more than anyone else.
0: Yeah, absolutely, I'm nodding my head. I have some OnlyFans subscribers who've suggested or requested content from me that really like opened the door to a whole new kind of subsection or like area of content that I hadn't explored that's very related to what I already do. I could just kind of add on a few things and that has attracted more subscribers. So it really can be a wise business decision, but it can also be a lot of fun too, because Then, you know, I've got the people who made those initial requests sending me tips every time they see a video that includes that particular type of content. Uh, it's stuff that um, I enjoy. Now, when someone asks me for something that I don't enjoy or don't feel like is, is a fit for me, then I'll say, um, you know, eh, it doesn't quite that's not quite what I want to do. I mean, I'm not going to do everything I, I have. I have limits and boundaries as well, um, but it is it is fun to collaborate with your audience and create things. Yeah, I think especially if you're someone
2: who makes custom content. For example, I it was not very comfortable making videos in the beginning, and I made only silent videos for the longest time. And then I had a regular asking for a jerk off instruction video, which is basically a video where you tell the person how to jerk off. And in my case, of course, it would be foot focused. And I was like, oh, do I really wanna do that? But he was a regular, we're somewhat friends. And I thought if I mess it up completely, it's just gonna be him. And I don't think he's gonna be mad. So I made the video and I had great fun doing it. I really love doing jerk off instruction videos now. It's so much fun to me. And
0: I never would have thought that, ever. I, it's so I'm here smiling, like grinning ear to ear. I had the same experience. I've only done one ever. And the only reason that I said yes to it was because it was doing jerk off instructions while revving my car. Oh, that's brilliant. So, yeah. Right. And so it's like revving the, the engine and doing the instruction, you know, speaking. And I thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to try this. And, um, at first I was really kind of had this sense of nervous dread. And then as soon as I like the camera was rolling, I was like, Oh, this is super fun. Like, why am I not doing these all the time? (laughs) It was, it was really, um, I really, I really had a good time with it. So yeah, sometimes it's worth stepping out of your comfort zone, um, to try something new. You, you never know what you'll discover. Yeah. And there's like, there's so much nuance to it. Like you can make a sensual
2: jerk instruction video or a dominant one or a humiliating one or a fun one. I did quite a few different ones by now, including the ones with like dildo foot job ones. And it's so interesting to kind of experiment with the tone of the whole video, even though it's all essentially the same. It's always just a jerk off instruction video, but you can do so much with it.
0: Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. It's really, that's helpful. So for, for new models, figuring out their content, I mean, that's a big, that's a big part of this, right? Like figuring out how to best show your feet, what your best assets are, what your customers and community of, of followers and fans like, um, Figuring out how to create that content and then promoting it. Um, We talked about creating a persona, creating a Twitter name. How do you get into an engagement group? Well, there's often people tweeting about
2: making engagement groups and looking for them. So all you have to do on Twitter is just search engagement group or RT group or something. And you'll find posts and you just ask people. Do you still have spot? Can I join whatever? I have also tweeted before that I'm looking for an engagement group, ideally foot focused. And I got one or two people messaging me that they had groups and they had spots open. So just approach people, ask if you see someone retweeting a lot of different people, maybe shoot them a message and ask if they're in a group that you might be allowed to join. Or of course, I mean, if you don't find anything, you can band together and make your own. Make a group with some girls that you maybe have been engaging with, and start adding people. Ask around if someone
0: wants to be added, and there you have your group. I love that. I love the idea of um, just build it yourself, do it yourself. You take the, take the take the wheel, so to speak. And yeah, very much. Yeah, I love that, and and that's kind of. Um, one of the reasons that you and I connected and I wanted you on the podcast was because you had said, I want to make like a a list of, of tips for newbies. And I was like, that's, that's what I need. I need a list of tips for (laughs) Twitter. So what about like pitfalls, scams, things to avoid, things to watch out for time wasters. Do you have any advice for new people? on Twitter of things to watch out for?
2: Well, it's really important that, you know, follow your gut feeling. And if it's if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. People telling you, you know, I'm a sugar daddy and I'm gonna send you $2,000 a week. It's like, no, that's not gonna happen. First of all, no real sugar daddy is gonna say that he's a sugar daddy and no one's gonna send you 2,000 a week. It's just not happening, you know, especially after exchanging two messages. But it's really, really important to just rely on your common sense because many people when they start, they feel so desperate that they just want to get started. And then they just fall for scams because they feel like it it's not going to move otherwise. And that's not true at all. You never have to you never have to pay for promo. You don't have to do, do any of those, write the name of someone on your souls and whatever. You don't have to ever send anyone money to receive money, like all of these things. It's just listen to your gut and use your common sense because, you know, you know when something feels off and I know you know it. And it's just really important to not let desperation take over in these moments.
0: Yes, desperation is not sexy, (laughs) Well, it's also
2: dangerous because people prey on that. They see you being dangerous, yeah. tweeting about, oh, I just need this, I just need that, I just want someone to finally buy something, and they're like, that's my first victim, there we go.
0: It's really important never to show that. How? What about fake it till you make it? I mean, I sometimes I see foot models bragging about money they've received or gifts they've received, and I think, really? Did you buy that for yourself? <laughs> um, yeah. I'm curious about the fake it till you make it attitude. Do you endorse that or support it or I don't know your thoughts?
2: I think fake it till you make it is great, but there's also bragging in a way. And I don't like bragging very much. I mean, if you share someone sending you a nice gift or a big tip, that's nice. Why not? You worked for that. You probably be very hard. (laughs) So if if someone sends you a big tip and you want to share that on Twitter, why not? But constantly being like, posting just that is like, okay, we get it, it's fine. Can we get back to something else? But then there's also the fake it till you make it thing that I would very recommend doing, which is for example, you make a little Snapchat video, like a Sunday or something, you're like, yes, I'm doing my Sunday brunch before filming customs. And then people are like, oh, she's filming customs. She makes customs. Maybe I want to order a custom from her. Mm, okay. That's one thing you can do. Or you're like, you post a picture like, I just took so many great sets. Can't wait to share all these pictures with you. And maybe you haven't even taken the pics yet. Or they're already scheduled on your own fans And it's like two weeks ago. But like, if people see you working. You're like, oh, she's she's working. Look at that. Maybe
0: I want to get in that. That makes sense because it shows like activity. Um, yeah. And you are working, right? If you're creating content, you are working. Whether always. you're being compensated or not, you are working. So You're uh, always working. Uh, yeah, I feel like you're always working. I'm always working. <laughs> it's, a, it's a full-time thing. Um, okay. That's really helpful. Anything else that... Um, I guess I'm, I'm kind of wanting to target in on the idea of time wasters. You know, you get a lot of DMs. How do you know, how do you wade through them? How do you know if someone's just kind of like frittering away your time or they're, you know, sometimes the kink is to just chat and talk, you know, tell me about what turns you on and, you know, they just want to talk about your feet. Yeah. I think that's something that it's like
2: it's like a sense that you acquire after a few weeks of doing this. It's very hard to pinpoint exactly what it is, but I think once you've been doing it for a few weeks or months, you kind of you just know when someone's gonna waste your time. You just know it. It's really about the way they comment to your DMs. Like if someone just texts you, hi, the chance of them not spending money is very high. Like if you're just in my DM saying hi, it's like, I know damn well you're not buying anything so it's it's really when I started I pretty much replied to every DM I got but I'm also someone who's very good at just cutting cutting them off like if I see it's not going anywhere I'm not responding anymore and I have no problems blocking people if someone comes back again and again wasting my time he's getting blocked no like I have no shame about that I'm very petty so if you waste my time, if you annoy me, you're getting blocked. And also if you just keep if you just keep going, I'm just gonna ignore you. I have no problems just deleting your messages nonstop. And I really encourage people to just don't reply anymore. You don't have to. You don't owe anyone your time or attention, especially people who are not buying from you.
0: Yeah, I feel, you know, I haven't, um, I've been trying to figure this out and the, what you just said makes perfect sense and is completely my experience, which is after, I don't know how long it took me, but after a period of time, I just developed this internal instinct of knowing like this person is not worth replying to, or this DM is going nowhere, um, to the point that I actually only open mm, very, very, very few DMs these days. Like, most of yeah, them me too. sit there, um, you know, sit th- you can see the preview, you know, with the within the first, like, line, you know, if the the person is, um, you know, gonna, if there's somebody you want to respond to or not. Um Yeah, definitely. I mostly only I mostly communicate with other models in my DMs. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's actually
2: something else that's great about an engagement group. You just if you have someone saying he wants to buy and you're getting a weird vibe, you just ask the other foot models, like, has anyone dealt with this person before? Do we know if he's buying or not? And chances are, someone has encountered him. Because really, if you're a foot model, you're gonna all have the same circle of people approaching you. It's very, very rare that someone brand new appears. So it's really great to just talk with other content creators and just kind of figure out, you know, who is he? Is he, you know, do we know him? Is he buying or not? I'm getting a weird vibe. His request is strange. His payment method is annoying, whatever. And you're like, "Mm, weird feeling, you ask your girls and they're going to tell you.
0: Oh yeah. I've had several experiences recently. It is a small community community and perhaps pedal pumping is even smaller. It's like a sub, like a sub fetish of foot fetish or I don't know. Some people in the pedal pumping community actually don't have a foot fetish at all. Um, which is I think fascinating, but, Oh yeah, I think so too. Yeah. But, but they, you know, it's like, a friend will message me and say, Hey, I just got a request for this custom pedal pumping video. I want some pointers on it. And I'm like, Oh, is that, you know, Joe? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, Oh yeah. I like, I know that guy. Um, and I usually can guess their name just based on the description of the video. I'm like, Oh, that yeah. must, that must be old, you know, Jeff or whatever. And, um, and I've had that with several model friends. And I think because guys like what they like, guys who are ordering customs have a very specific, not always, but often a very specific fetish. And they want that same thing, just re, like on repeat with different models. Yeah, uh, it's, and so they, they have, have a, a
2: very specific focus. And, you know, like if you have a request, like I, I've seen posts of other models, like I just made this amazing custom
0: and I'm like, I know exactly what this is for. Yes, exactly. I know. Yeah. it's so- And, it, and, and in, a, in a way, it kind of makes me feel like we're all just fucking monkeys in some dude's circus. You know what I mean? Like we're all kind of given a script and I don't know, in a way, it's kind of we- a weird feeling to me. But in, on the other hand, I think, well, this is like, this is what their fetish is. And so they find, like, say they find me and then they look through who am I connected to? Who am I retweeting, engaging with, whatever? And then they discover my friend who's also a foot model and then go to her and ask her for the same content. And then, you know, yeah. and so there's kind of this like chain, right, where these guys will hop around to different models getting content and so being connected this is where being connected to models and having a circle of friends and uh, um, being part of groups is really helpful because that's how guys find you yeah
2: absolutely I agree it's it's really kind of connecting having connections to a lot of other models especially people who do the same thing you do is worth more than anything else is worth more than any promo you could pay for. Because when, when buyers see you interacting with each other under a timeline, they're like, Oh, look at all these girls. Like they maybe would have never found me, but I'm talking to her and I've bought from her before. So I like, I might like her too. So it's just, it's so important to connect, to interact and to, to engage with people.
0: Yes, agree, agree. And I feel like um, those alliances are, um, it's just good business. I mean, it's fun. It's kind of been like a saving grace during this lockdown thing, uh, the relationships and friendships, but it's also good business. I have recently just been referring, I've been getting requests for customs, or inquiries about types of content that I don't do. And Mm -hmm. Um, or something that just isn't quite what I want to create. And, but I, but I, I know someone who would love to do it and would be great for it. And I say, Hey, let me connect you to a model I know. And the guy's like really grateful and stoked, like, thanks. And the model just got a custom, you know, and I'm, I'm like happy to connect people in that way. So being part of a community, um, is a really fun way to get business. I mean, it's good for business.
2: It's great for business. I've referred people before, you know. I, As I said, I, I can't reach my feet to my mouth, so I can't do actual self-worship, which is a shame, but there we go. Um, but I know who does. I know who makes these kinds of videos. So if I have a request for someone asking, like, I'm sorry, I can't do it. I'm not flexible enough, but these three girls I know are doing it. So why not look at them and maybe
0: when I get a custom from one of them. Yeah, yeah, it's great for business. So, what else do you have there on your list of pointers, tips? I don't know, things that newbies should know that we haven't talked about? What have I missed?
2: I think like personal boundaries are very important. Ooh, and yeah. that, that, that starts with what kind of content you are comfortable making. You, you as the creator, Decide what kind of content you wanna create, and how much of yourself you wanna show. If you just wanna show your feet, that's perfectly fine. There's no need for you to do any nudity, even just lingerie, you don't have to show your face. There's no need to do that. And I know that when you start out, you're like, oh, if I show my face, I would make so much more money and this and that, but you know you don't wanna do it. You're so uncomfortable, just don't. Don't ever do anything you're not comfortable with. It's fine to say no to people when they ask you for customs you don't wanna make or can't make, if they ask you for things you're not willing to show, if they ask you for nudity, if they ask you for just anything out of your comfort zone, it's perfectly fine to just say no. At no point should you be doing something you're not comfortable with, no matter how much money you're offered, because you're gonna regret it. It's just, what you put out on the internet is there forever. And if if you put something out that you're not comfortable with, it's just gonna haunt you, it's terrible. So set your boundaries and be very strict about it. You can always, do more if you want. When I started out, I never thought I would show my body. And now I do full lingerie shots and I feel very comfortable with it. I really enjoy doing it. I never thought I would do the videos I do now. I never thought I would do the, the most of the custom requests I do. But it's really just about setting your boundaries and then just having a talk with yourself every once in a while and be like, okay, how are we feeling? Am I comfortable with what I'm doing? Do I maybe wanna try something more or something different? And then you can always adjust. And it's just really important to check in with yourself about these things.
0: I really love that advice. I think it's so important because yes, it's an exploration. You can try things and then then kind of throttle back and say, oh, I don't, that's not for me, right? Um, But you tried it and now you know. it's okay to say no. I think as women, um, even from different cultures, we're all kind of socialized to be, um, pleasing and pleasant and agreeable. And so saying no can sometimes feel really uncomfortable, especially if someone's being nice to us, you know, someone's being so nice and they're just asking like, why can't you just, you know, do this thing. And, um, there can be this internal pressure that we feel as women to, to put other people's needs ahead of our own, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, So I totally agree. Yeah. I think your advice about, you know, holding the line, knowing your boundaries, being flexible with them, if it feels right to do so, but really just saying like, for, for instance, I don't, show my face in my content at this point. I have another online business where I have a, and it's a more professional, uh, it just, these two worlds cannot collide. They must stay separate. And until (laughs) I do foot modeling full time, I need to protect my other livelihood and my other business. So, um, I don't show my face and I don't do any nudity and I you know, a lot of, most of what I do, I do in public, I do in public places. It's not, you know, it's not inherently sexual. Yeah. It's only sexual in the minds of some people that have a specific fetish for pedal pumping. Um, (laughs) If you don't, then it's just, I'm just a woman driving a car. (laughs) Like it's not, it's, it's really interesting. So, um, and, And I'm doing fine as a, as a foot model, you know, I, you can, I guess my message is you can be successful within whatever boundaries you set for yourself. You don't have to feel pressured to do nudity, to make money or to, you know, I think sometimes people think like the more, the more you, the more nudity or the more you show, the more money you can make. And it's not always, I don't think that's always the case.
2: No, I don't think it is, especially with foot fetish, because it's really the fetish is very much focused on the feet. I've had people ordering customs who told me very explicitly, I only want to see your feet. I don't want to see anything else. Like not even my legs. So like you have to wear jeans. So to, to make sure that it's only the feet. And yeah, that that's something that, you know, you, you need to keep in mind. If you wanna do foot fetish, it's foot fetish. It's about your feet. Of course, people like to see a nice butt and some boobs in a cute bra but that's not the main focus on the fetish that you are participating in and it's just I think something else that I really want to add is that it's you know setting your boundaries but and also I, I have so many people that start out and then feel like they they feel bad about saying no or they feel like they they feel mean or they feel like they're being mean to them or he or he but he already bought a custom before and now I'm saying no to this and they feel like they owe them something. And I wanna make it very clear to anyone who has started out recently or wants to start out, you don't owe anyone anything. You don't owe being nice, especially if they're being rude or sending you things you don't wanna see. You don't owe people to just give everything to them, all of your body, all of your time, all of your attention. It's okay to set boundaries as far as even sexting goes. I mean, I know many people who are not comfortable at all with sexting and that's fine. You don't have to do sexting. You don't have to do dick rates. You don't have to do any of the things if you don't want to do them. You know, even if people are like, oh, you know, I really I really like to sext with you and I will pay you this much. And it's just, you don't have to do it. Even if the person is super nice and polite, you really don't have to, you don't owe them that.
0: Absolutely. I'm so glad you said that you don't owe anyone and you don't even owe them a reply to a message. No, not at all. Ever. (laughs) Right. I'm I'm
2: very I'm petty. Like I'm proud to say I ignore people like full on. I've had people be like, have you not seen my message? I have. I ignored you because we've been through this and I don't want to do it. And just, I really encourage people to like, just use the block button. If someone's being rude, if someone's overstepping, if someone's being creepy, or if you just don't like someone, just block them. You don't have to deal with them. It's not your responsibility. Just block them, delete their message out of your
0: inbox and just forget they ever existed. Right, right. I I feel like you gotta, you gotta remember it's a business. Yes. And, you know, you gotta, you it, there are things you wouldn't put up with at like a vanilla job, right? There's like things that would be, that would be against the policy. You'd throw someone out of the shop or out of the, whatever, the office, if they behaved a certain way. Um, So you don't have to put up with, with anything that feels in violation of whatever kind of code of conduct you wish to operate under. Exactly. Yes, I agree. It's
2: very much, it's this is work this is a job like any other job and they are your client it's a customer it's a it's a paying customer and you really need to look at it this way I mean I have regular customers who I'm very friendly with and I would probably call my friends but they're still a paying customer and I'm very clear about that in many ways and I have told people before you know this is too far and I this is not a conversation I want to have with you because I'm someone selling content and you are a paying customer and it's just it doesn't fit into this relationship we have it's not appropriate at all and that's not you don't have to voice it in a mean way it's just you have to make sure that they know where they stand with you you know and you also
0: need to protect your own mental health very much (laughs) Yes, yes. And and as you're saying this, I'm imagining like, yeah, well, I, I'm friends with, I would say I'm friends or friendly with like, say, my hairstylist or, you know, the like people at the restaurant that I frequent or whatever. You know, there's different um, my dentist and stuff. But I, at the same time there, it's a professional relationship. So there's certain boundaries that that we maintain out of respect And so I feel like sometimes it's guys will kind of try to push those boundaries to see how far they can push them. And it's your job as a business professional, sex work professional, to make sure that boundary isn't crossed. And if it is crossed, then correct, you know, correct it and say that that's not okay. And like yeah. you said, you can say it in a nice way. You can be, you know, if your per- if your sex worker persona is sweet, then you can be sweet and and correct them. But it needs to be, it can't slide. It has to be addressed. Um, yes, and as fast as possible. Yeah, exactly, as quickly as possible. And and you deserve to be respected as a professional. I'm I'm all about the the business side of it. Um, and you know, I'm a teacher too, and. So it, I, I draw a lot of parallels um, to teaching. I teach business professionals online. And so sometimes those relationships become very personal, and I consider some of my students to be my friends, really and truly we're friends. But you know, what's interesting is when they want to talk to me, they still pay me for a class to talk about their personal problems or their personal life. (laughs) You know, they're not, I don't just give them, give them my phone number and let, you know, let them call me whenever. Um, We might be connected on social media, um, but there's still, there's still like a, a respect in the relationship for me as a professional. If that, if that respect isn't there, then we can't really continue um, in, in the business relationship, we can, you know, it kind of crumbles apart. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm a really big, um, proponent of keeping it professional. You can be friends with someone, but it, the professional boundaries have to always stay in place. Those, those lines can't be crossed. And I feel like, um, a lot of, a lot of guys, not all, I mean, this doesn't happen every day, but there are guys, um, like you were talking about this the submissive um, slaves or you know the the subs who who are very needy, very, very, clean, yeah. very needy. And there are some personalities in the community of guys who really want to be friends. They want this emotional connection. They want what feels like, Something just way beyond a professional relationship, and I think that's another reason that I don't really dip into that because I don't know for myself how to keep those boundaries, um, and I don't, I don't want, and, I, and those boundaries are important to me. I guess is, is a better way to say it.
2: Yeah, it's uh, very important. Yeah, it's important for your mental health, but then also for your customer in a way because many, I think that many of, of of the customers we have, especially the very clean ones, I think they're very lonely in a way. And it's just, it feels bad to me to then like pretend like I'm gonna have a relationship with them that I'm not. So I'm always very clear on what I offer and what I don't. And I'm always adjusting what kind of things I offer. So it's it's really, really important to again, to check in with yourself and, and see what things you're still comfortable with and whatnot, because maybe you've offered something from the beginning and suddenly you're like, I don't really like doing this. And then you don't have to offer it anymore. Like it's
0: I've done that. To <laughs> yeah. I've discovered that there's certain kind of content that I just, I, that I tried and I just don't want to do it. And I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I think you're well within it's... your right to retract, um, uh, you know, like shrink your boundaries if that's what you need to do. And me- I-, I love that you're talking about mental health because this this is a job that really does a number on your mental health. I mean. Uh, it does. It's incredible. I to say it.
2: It's a lot of work. It's so much more work than people think it is because, I mean, making content takes the least time for me I, I make content i usually put like one or two days aside where i really spent multiple hours making content but that content lasts me for four to six weeks so that's content done excluding customs of course but then the promoting is just it's a full day it's like all day it's all day Every day you're just promoting, you're on Twitter, you're chatting, you're doing this, you're doing that. You're on Reddit, you're on Instagram. You're just, it's insane. And it's really the promoting that takes so much time. And then you kind of, you the, the lines start to blur a little bit of, of what are your boundaries and what do you want to do and what not. And it's, it's really, really dangerous to let that slide. So it's just, it's so important to, Keep in mind that this is really, this is a job. This is a full-time job and it's gonna feel like it. Believe me, it really does. I spend my free days, I spend all day on my phone just doing stuff, chatting, promoting, writing and preparing tweets, editing pictures. And it's very exhausting. It's very, very exhausting. And that's the moment where, where you really, you have to take breaks you have to take breaks sometimes. I took a break over Christmas, it was great. I wasn't on Twitter for like three days, it was amazing. And it's so, so important to take breaks if you need them to take a vacation. If you go on vacation, I, I have that so often. I went on vacation last summer or like as much of a vacation as I could. Right. And I, I decided for myself, I'm not gonna do anything in this time. I'm just not going to because I'm on vacation, maybe with my family, and that's just awkward. How am I gonna make content with my my family close by or with friends that maybe don't know what I'm doing? It's just not gonna work and I'm just gonna stress you out. So really, just if you're going on vacation, for example, prepare a lot of content that you can like queue up on your OnlyFans, for example, that will post during that time. Maybe check your Instagram or your Twitter every few days, but then just really enjoy your vacation because you're going to come back fresh and with inspiration and ready to make more content.
0: Just like any job, right? A vacation is yeah. supposed to be a break from work. I totally, it is. I totally agree. Take Take mental health days, take days off of social media. You know, your business isn't going to collapse if you're not on Twitter one day a week
2: um yeah it's fine I've I've done that I've totally done that before I mean if I go to work I'm at work all day and I cannot open my twitter at my work because my coworkers are nosy as fuck and they're gonna see my twitter and then you know it's not gonna end well so it happens it happens that I just I come home at night and I'm like talking to my partner or seeing my family or something and then I'm not gonna be on twitter until maybe the next day and nothing's happened yet it's like it's fine just don't stress yourself out it's not going to do you any favors
0: yeah yeah i i'm i really like that you brought up mental health and taking a break um you know patience we started off with saying it takes time be patient it's it it feels like on twitter that after a period of time you kind of gain this like critical mass of followers and then it just kind of snowballs and starts happening Um, on its own a little bit. Like all of a sudden I'm like, where did this new thousand followers come from? Wow. Okay. Uh, That's cool. But like getting up to the first like five or 600 followers felt like it took ages, months and months. And then finally now I think I'm close to 2000 followers on Twitter. Um, I don't know where these people have come from, but I'm happy they're there. Uh, It just it's slow to start. So go easy on yourself, make sure your mental health is always like in the number one priority spot. Um, No job as someone who went out on a mental health disability from my career as a social worker. I'm here to say no job is worth your mental health. Um, It's just not never. Yeah, it's just always comes first, really. And
2: if you're in a group, you know, it's it's people are going to encourage you to take breaks. You know, they're they're going to be there when you come back. It feels nice to like, just have an outlet. That's what a group is great for too. Have an outlet to talk about this work because many of us cannot talk to our friends or family about this because we can't share we're doing it. So it feels like there's all of this like frustration or fear or like anxiety building up around this job. And you can't, Put it anywhere. Surf so in a group. You can like it's it's a good outlet to talk to people who experience the same things you're experiencing. And it feels very nice. It feels so nice. And you know, venting and ranting is it just it's so freeing and then it's out and then you can like focus on your
0: stuff again. Yeah. So these
2: these cathartic. these kinds of things are always so
0: important. Any job you do. Definitely, definitely. It, it it's cathartic and you you find support there and uh, you can compare notes and you realize, oh, we're all dealing with the same mental health struggles or we're all dealing with the same like time wasters or the same, whatever. Like it's really interesting how small the world is when you're in the foot model community. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 Good. All right. Well, we have been going at this for a little over an hour. Is there anything else that you would like to add any other kind of do's or don'ts that we haven't talked about i i we have time when i say we've been going at this for over an hour i don't mean to say we need to wrap up i just um am marking the time i suppose i think i have what two big points okay
2: within the whole setting your boundaries is also pricing yeah set your prices and stick with them you are the person you are the person making the content which means you are the person who decides how much it's worth do not let people haggle with you this is not a bazaar. this is not a market you're not haggling with the prices you set the price and if they don't want to pay they can leave there's no need to adjust your prices for someone and i think for me personally it was really important to sit down and work out like a menu, people call it a menu, where well, you kind of write down what you're offering and how much it costs. Like how much is one picture? How much are 10 pictures? How much are your videos? What kind of videos do you make? Any extras you can add and how much do these cost? cost? How much is sexting or you know Skype sessions? Whatever you offer, just write out the things you wanna offer and then start thinking about pricing. And I know that pricing is difficult like people just don't know where to start so just again go on Twitter check out your favorite foot models and see what their pricing is start comparing how much do they charge for this for that and then you kind of will find a a price for certain things that feels right for you and it's really important to not make it cheap because you feel like oh no I can't charge too much just charge what you want to charge it just, like I, up, I upped my prices like two months ago I think because I just I got an order for a custom and the person was really annoying and rude and at the end of the day it was just it was a very complicated annoying video and it only made me like 20 25 bucks and was like I'm not doing this anymore so I upped my prices any of the extra he, extras he wanted to add would have costed extra now because it, it feels more comfortable for me. It's my time, I put my time in it, I had to put on an outfit, I had like to wear shoes I hate wearing, and just, there's a lot of time and effort that goes into making content that the people receiving it will never see. It's you, you, you put all of that in there. So it's completely within your right to just choose your price and
0: stick with it. And if you wanna
2: up it at any point, absolutely do that agreed
0: i feel like a good indicator and in this in in my experience a good indicator that i needed to up my prices was when i started feeling very resentful yes <laughs> that i was that i was doing this for this uh little little money what felt like a li- like little money compared to the effort um time and effort and Creativity that I was pouring into it, and I thought, oh, I'm starting to feel resentful. That's a sign that I'm not charging enough. Absolutely, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, do you um, ha- do you post your prices publicly, like do you, or is it kind of a case by case thing where you, I-, I don't know, how do you do that?
2: I have set prices. They are post it on my OnlyFans, to post it on my Twitter. I do repost them many times on my Twitter, just to remind people. Um, I have a little screenshot. I like made a list on my notes, made a screenshot, and I just sent that to people who wanna order something for me. Which okay. makes, makes the process easier. They're like, I wanna have a video, what are your prices? I just send them the screenshot of my prices, and then they can figure it out. And it's just, for me personally, I think it's easier to just have a set price for everything. And then it just, it just makes the process faster for me. And I have no problem sharing my pricing. I think it's fair for other sellers who maybe feel a bit unsure, but then also buyers who stumble upon you. It's like, Ooh, maybe she sells customs. Oh yeah. There's a price list.
0: There we go. Right, right. And it's transparent and everybody's being charged the same for the same kind of thing. It's not like, oh, I'm going to charge this guy this much. And then, you know, people are kind of, you know, I don't know if, if it's for buyers, if it's anything like sellers, you know, we all talk to each other. We all know who, <laughs> what's going on. Um, I don't know if, if the buyers uh, compare notes and share information the, the same way that that we do as sellers um be interesting to know that but um yeah if you consistency i guess is what i'm getting at it's nice that your prices are consistent i do things a little differently uh, so i will just going to share for the listeners um i have a form on my website so when people ask me about price i just give them a link to my website and i feel like it um for one, it kind of weeds out the people who just want to talk like how much would it cost if you did this and this and this and they just, <laughs> they want to talk about the fantasy and they want to talk about the scenario, you know, but they, yeah. they they have no intention of ever purchasing a video. They just want to, you know, engage and chat about the video fantasy. Um, so I, I just send them a link to my website and say, fill out this form and I'll get back to you with the price. And because for me, I feel like the, my price is going to, I have like a formula that I work with, but I, it changes depending on like what kind of car the, the video is shot in, what kinds of things I'm doing. Some things are very hard on the car, like cranking, hard revving stuff. Um, if the car, if it's, um, like dangerous driving, I get a lot of videos for that. I, I um, you know, there's, liability on my side I have to consider how many camera angles you know how many cameras am I rigging up and how what the editing time is going to be like when I'm editing three different pieces of film together to make one like smooth cohesive video I I can spend a few hours in editing um so I have to take you know are you looking just for one camera angle is it several camera angles um I have to take a lot of different factors into consideration. So I just do them um, case by case when it comes to pedal pumping. Um, so it's interesting. I But I, I like how – I like the expediency of just saying, here's my menu, pick something off the menu. Yeah, I think it really – it depends on what you're offering. I think for you that
2: makes perfect sense, of course, because, again, your content is completely different from what I'm offering. You know, the mo- yeah. most – Props that I have are, like, dildos and some baby oils. Like, <laughs> that's nothing extra. But, like, if someone wanted to wear specific perf shoes or something, that's going to cost extra. Or specific set of lingerie, that's going to cost them extra. So it makes perfect sense. So you really have to think about what kind of content you're offering and how many extras someone might
0: wow. add. Like special pedicures or they want, yeah. like, special pedicure color like that's a lot of time to redo your pedicure um you you know if you're paying to have it done at a salon or even you're doing it yourself it's a lot of time um yeah definitely yeah or if they want um sometimes people for me they want very specific shoes if I don't own those shoes then you're gonna have to pay for them because I'm not you know I'm not in a I'm not gonna buy shoes for every single custom request that require, you know, it's just not practical. It doesn't make make any sense at all. And
2: I've had people ask me like, I want this video with your nails nude, so remove all the nail polish. And like, that's so and so much extra because I have to remove all the nail polish and I wear dark nail polish mainly, so that's a pain. And then I have to repaint them after,
0: so. That's going to cost you extra. I'll do it, but you'll have to pay some more for it. <laughs> exactly. Yes, I agree. Like, all of those things have to be accounted for because it's time. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, we're getting paid partly for our creativity and and effort and whatnot, but part of it's just also straight up time. It takes time <laughs> to, to film and edit and put together all these videos, so... Um, oh yes. Or photo sets. I feel like photos are sometimes more difficult and time-consuming than a video. To be honest, for me. Really, that's interesting. Yes. Yes, I do. I feel like photos, um, because photos have to are very precise. A video is fluid and it's movement, and mm. so. It can just kind of flow out. But, like, a photo is – you're capturing this moment and and every little detail is just there to be analyzed in still form forever. I'm I'm such a – I'm so picky. Like, I'll find some little thing wrong. Like, oh, the – I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I know what you mean. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll just – I'll want to like, and then I'll have a difficult time choosing which photo because I'll take so many and then I'll think, oh, in fact, I want to have Matt back on the podcast from Gorgeous Feet Picks. He was on a couple episodes ago. He's a photographer out of New York. And my, the main question I want him to answer is how do I choose after I've taken a shit ton of photos, how do I choose the best ones? I don't know. I think,
2: you know what comes into play here again? The way you look at your feet is not the way a foot fetishist is looking at your feet at all. Yeah. So the pictures, like, I've, I post very large sets on OnlyFans. It's, like, between 18 to up to, like, 28 pictures in one set. And I take, I take a lot of pics, and I post pretty much all of them that I take. And I was very picky in the beginning, but I've realized I'm, I'm picking things, I'm picking at things that they don't even notice. Like, it's not something that they see. It's completely different because again I don't have a foot fetish I don't look at these pictures the same way they do.
0: That's so interesting and okay so I have a question for you about your sets um, yeah do you are are they all like very different poses in that like 18 to 20 something photos or are they kind of similar shots of a pose?
2: It really depends. I mean, I I take a lot of pictures, again, of my soles, often with my, with my butt and legs involved um, in like, it's, it's always natural lighting because I have amazing natural lighting. So I just, I like sit down wherever I am and I start taking pictures. I have like a remote, like a Bluetooth clicker to take the pictures with, which I can highly recommend for anyone. So I just I just start taking pictures and I, I use the front camera, which I could use the back, but I don't I can't hook my phone up to anything, so I don't see what's happening. So I use my front camera and I just look at 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 what what I'm seeing there and just start taking pictures. And I move my feet around, I spread my toes, I go closer, I go further away, I spread my toes, I I scrunch my feet, all of these things. You just you start you 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 will start learning what kind of poses people are looking for and you will, they will come to you very naturally. I mean, I can, I can do like, I can take over, over a hundred pictures in less than like half an hour. That's how many sets, four or five sets of pictures. Easy. Wow. I'm impressed.
0: That's amazing.
2: I mean, it's, it's really, I have amazing lighting, which means I don't have to set up any lighting. I just, I just have it already. The, The Bluetooth, like, remote clicker for the phone is absolutely brilliant, best thing ever. And then I just, I know what my my fans want and it's really not complicated. They don't want anything fancy, anything really not at all. It's just simply, they like my soles, they like my toes. They wanna see a bit of my butt and that's it. So you just, you start learning what they wanna see and then within that you can always experiment. But the more you do it, the faster you get at it. And then you also learn that they're really not that picky at all. They love seeing all the pictures. I even put them sometimes when I make a video or I take pictures and they're like really bad or blurry or something. I made like a blooper or something because they love seeing that too. I get interrupted by my cats constantly, for example. It's like they love seeing that. Yeah, see yeah. Like it's just, they, they want to see that. Like I have, I make like a foot shot video and my cat just wants to play with the dildo as well. It's like, okay, I'll upload oh. that too. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> They'll often... I, I, I get so much engagement for these kind of things because, again, it makes you... It makes them realize that you're an
0: actual human being who spends time making this. Right, right. Like, he, it kind of takes you out... Takes It maybe takes you out of the fantasy moment for, for, for a second to go, oh, like... Here she is in her bedroom with her cat, like trying to film this <laughs> this video and something happens, the phone rings or the cat walks up or whatever yeah. like, it's like real. it, it kind of gives a, a real side to sometimes I film stuff like where I'm waiting for my my cameraman to set up for me. and so I'll film like um, I don't know, like little bits of things. While I'm waiting, kind of like behind the scenes, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. A little yeah. behind stuff, But I don't really have anything that's funny. Um, I think a blooper for me would be like crashing or <laughs> crashing my car. Let's <gasps> hope that never happens then. <laughs> I've often thought of that while I'm filming. I'm like filming, driving at the same time. And I think, I mean, I hope I don't crash. But if I did, I mean, it, it would... I'll, I guess I'd put it on OnlyFans or whatever. Someone <laughs> like,
2: wants to see that, I guess.
0: I've crashed <laughs> my car, guys. <laughs> oh no, I, I, yeah. I don't. I love my car, and it's they're very they're very few of them. It would be difficult to find a replacement for it, so I yeah. don't want my car. But anyway, um, what so other other topics we need to cover for Twitter? Um, I think a big thing that's that's a very
2: personal information here. Well, personal, it's just a tip. Yeah. Please, anyone starting out who's new, do not promote yourself under other people's posts. It will get you on the blacklist of pretty much any seller. I promise you, because we're all connected. And if you start posting your OnlyFans link under everyone's posts, you're gonna get blocked by everyone. (laughs) Do not, do not do that. Really, I know some someone out there once gave someone the tip to do that, and now it's, it's spread like wildfire. And you just constantly have new people posting their promotion under your own posts, and that's so frustrating because you
0: cannot delete them yourself. It feels spammy. It feels really, really spammy, and it's um,
2: rude. It's really rude.
0: Yeah, I feel like it would be so much more effective and a much better business strategy given how powerful and important uh, relationships are with other models to compliment, you know, leave a comment, complimenting the model or saying something funny or witty or whatever, um, just an emoji, then doing self promotion under somebody else's post, it's really rude, like you said. Um, And I, I don't know that, like, I don't know that it's effective. I don't know that buyers go, oh, this this model. I gotta go check out our OnlyFans right now. Like, think you'd be better off building relationships in a more positive way, constructive yeah. way. It's just piggybacking
2: off my hard work that I put in, my countless hours of promoting on Twitter to get the following that I have now. And it's it's rude and it's really it doesn't it doesn't end well ever. Like I'm gonna call you out. And I'm going to tell all of my seller friends about you. They're all going to block you. (laughs) You're going to have a hard time to get into engagement groups. I promise you, it does not do you any favors. Just comment, like, retweet, engage with sellers. Just do it. It's so much more effective than just posting your OnlyFans link. Just willy-nilly on any post you encounter.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What What advice do you have in terms of like... Marketing, like strategic marketing, like how many of your posts, if any, should be advertisements, like check out my OnlyFans versus, you know, just posting a a pic or a a short video or other, like where you're posting content versus you're posting advertisements. Or is it one of the same? Well, it's it's one of the same in a way, because you're always advertising yourself. But I
2: think only about a third or even less of your posts should be about your OnlyFans or similar sites if you have them. Really not not more than that because it, If you, as soon as you add a link to a tweet, it's gonna get shared less. And that's just a fact. People are not gonna retweet it as much if there's a link. So I would recommend really only about a third of your post should be very clearly advertisement for your OnlyFans or pocket stars or Indian stars or whatever you have. And the rest should just be regular posts, pictures, short videos, or just random posts because at the end of the day, it's all advertisement, all of it.
0: Right, and you can put like a link to your OnlyFans in your bio, right? Yeah. In your bio, have,
2: if you have a lot of links, make an all my links or a link tree. So you have them all there. People can just go and look at all the stuff you have. And it's much easier and it's faster for them. Or you have a pin, pinned post on your profile on Twitter where you have like a post maybe introducing yourself, showing the content you create, and then you post all of your links. That way people can go in your profile and then, They find your links very fast.
0: Yeah, I feel like um, if you are posting content, like, um, without links, just, like, uh, photos, um, like, previews of, of videos, things like that. If people like what they see, they're going to, I guess it's my assumption that they are going to drill down into your bio and try to find where do I get more of this? Where yes. can I see more of her work rather than constantly like shoving it down people's throat every five minutes that, you know, follow me on my OnlyFans or subscribe to my OnlyFans like every five, every five seconds. Um People love to buy. People don't like to be sold to. Give exactly. people the opportunity to buy it from you rather than constantly selling to them. Mm-hmm. I That's fully agree. <laughs> That's my two Perfect. cents. Like, man. Yeah. And and I think that um, we didn't talk about links, but I've heard that if you post too many links, that Twitter can shadow ban you for too, like spamming links. Is that yes. a thing? Okay, That's also also, I think. Absolutely. So avoid hashtags or use them sparingly. Use links sparingly. Some people say that you can post a link like as a comment to your post. So you post your post and then add your link as a comment. What do you think about that? I do that sometimes. I think that's more effective
2: because it leaves the main tweet clean of a link, which means it's going to get retweeted more. But then also the... The link is in the comments so people
0: can find it pretty quickly. Okay. Anything else we we need to share, reveal, disclose? (laughs) I think we've covered the basis, I would say. All right. If people have questions or um, want to connect with you, can they DM you on Twitter or or, uh, OnlyFans? Um, Absolutely, absolutely. Approach me on Twitter,
2: DM me. I still have spots in my advice group. I will continue posting tips on the advice threads that I posted. If you have any questions, just approach me. There's no stupid questions. I'm perfectly happy to answer all of your silly little questions and to help you out if you have any
0: anxiety. That is so great. I I and many 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 others appreciate you so much because you know, a lot of foot models um fa- like are have their home base on Instagram. That's where I started. I started an Instagram account um because I really like the the visual portfolio style of Instagram, but Instagram is really like chasing away sex workers and I feel like there's all these digital refugees and we don't know where to go. And everyone's saying, go to Twitter, go to Twitter. But we, you know, people, new people, they may not be new to foot modeling, but they're new to Twitter. This is the case for a lot of people I know. They're new to Twitter and they're like, how does it work? And I tweet something and I never can find my tweet again. Or I, you know, I post a pic and then it's gone and I don't know where it is. And it doesn't have this (laughs) nice like visual format. Um, it feels, Twitter feels really fast paced. Like you tweet something and it's gone and it feels like it just disappears. Um, it, it doesn't feel as interactive. Like on Instagram people, there's lots of comments, lots of like conversations that happen over there. It feels like on, on Twitter, it's a lot less interactive, um, So I feel like there's so many of us that are not necessarily new foot models or we're semi, I mean, I started in July, so I feel like I'm still pretty new, but um, (laughs) I'm, I'm, you know, Twitter's like, what, what am I doing here? I'm kind of lost. And so knowing that people can reach out to you, you said you have a group, an advice group. Why am I not in your advice group? I need to be in your advice group.
2: (laughs) I'll I'll add you right away. (laughs) Add me to your advice please. Um, it's really, and- it's, it's a great spot for people to just really, if, if any like insecurity they have or any question they have, they just throw in there. And there's like uh, Katie, like Princess Katie is in it. Fern is in it. I'm in it. Um, Moon is in it as well. We're all, we've been doing it for a bit longer. And I mean, Fern is like very good at it. And we just, we make sure that we help anyone out who has questions. So we're all there to help. All of the the girls that I added are pretty new. Like they've been doing it maybe f- November, December. So like really very new. Very and neat. they have like lots of lots of questions that they no, don't know where to go. So I have this group. It's not an engagement group. It's really just for questions.
0: I love that. I need to be there. I, I'm still trying to figure out Twitter. And I told um, Cutie Baby, and Barefoot Daisy too. That when I I joined the the engagement group on Twitter, um, I don't know if you're in that one, but I, I I joined this engagement group on Twitter without really understanding what an engagement group was. I was yeah. like, oh, cool! I want to be in a group, and <laughs> and then I was like, like. I don't know, weeks, months later, I don't know at what point I realized, oh, I'm supposed to be interacting with everyone's posts and I'm supposed to also be posting my posts to the group. And I I didn't know how that worked at all. I... (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of things, uh, probably a lot more people who are listening may have more questions. If you have questions, contact Freja, is that right? Freya. Freya on Twitter, and she'll hook you up with with answers. That is such a great um, resource and and service you're providing. I'm curious, why are you doing it? I just
2: got sick of new sellers getting scammed. Basically, I saw a lot of people getting scammed. I didn't want to see it anymore. I looked and looked, and I just didn't I didn't find anyone making advice groups like that that really focused on that and I thought well if it doesn't exist I have to make it myself and I just I just want to help basically I want to help these girls starting out because I don't want them to get scammed I don't want them to get discouraged or sad I don't want them to you know risk their safety by being you know unsafe with their information and all of these things. So it's just, I just want to help
0: basically. Yeah. I love that. I love that. It, it's, it feels to me like, um, sex work is kind of, um, there it's inherently dangerous, whether it's online or in person, there's a certain element of, of risk associated with it. Um, Absolutely. And, and it feels, so I love the fact that it's, you know, sex work, sex workers form communities, we form alliances, we, we create resources for each other. Um, I, I hope the podcast serves as one of those resources, um, to share information, to, to, um, spread knowledge and awareness, to kind of uh, elevate each other, Um, and protect ourselves, you know, and and help, help, help grow our businesses and whatnot, but also to protect ourselves, like you said, from, from scams and all the things that are um, kind of all the the pitfalls and potholes in the road that you can trip and stumble into um, unknowingly. There's so many things that um, scams with like, not paying for things or, having um payments declined what is that where they like s- they stop they the char-
2: pay- yeah they stop the payment back. they charge back all of these things and yeah. i mean you would anyone would discover these things with time but if you have all of the, this information right from the beginning your chances of getting scammed are way lower <laughs>
0: right so, why not exactly it's such it's such a great service that you're providing thank you so much we should probably wrap up because we've been going on for quite a while but i really have enjoyed this so much we covered a lot of territory that i wasn't even really expecting us to cover so that's been fun that's been fascinating um thank you so much thank you thank you
2: very much for having me at a great time